0: Lights, Camera, Asia A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema Hello and welcome back to Lights, Camera, Asia I'm Jake Chen We'll carry on from where we left off last week and continue to explore the story of old boy one of the most celebrated movies to ever come out of South Korea. The film tells the story of O Daisu, a middle-aged man who was abducted and imprisoned for reasons unknown to himself. During his prolonged confinement, 15 years to be exact, Daisu witnessed the murder of his wife on television and learned that he was framed as police found a knife with his fingerprints on it. He tried to write down all the people that he has wronged over the years, but he couldn't remember anyone who could have hated him so much that they would go out of their way to ruin his life to this extent. One day, out of the blue, Daisu was freed, and someone gassed him and put him inside a suitcase on top of a building and gave him a large sum of cash and a mobile phone. And just like that, a man with a tarnished reputation with no family, no friends, no job, and most painfully, no clue of why he was robbed 15 years of his life. He was now released back into the world, and just who would have done this to him? Well, no one wants to find out about this more than Daisu himself, so let's follow him along on his journey. Judging from the psychological agony that he was sustained for 15 years, it is only a matter of time that Daisu acts abnormally after re-entering the world. Now, we need to keep in mind that he's been away from any form of social contact for over a decade, so he's both extremely curious and very awkward. Daisu walks up to a group of hooligans just to plug a cigarette from one of them to see how it tastes. A scuffle ensued, and Daisu proceeds to beat all of them. After all, he spent the 15 years doing not much else but reflecting on his sins and working out physically. He then stops by a Japanese seafood restaurant and strikes up a conversation with a young female chef called Mido. Halfway through their conversation, Daisu's mobile phone rings, and the first thing the man asks him on the other end is whether he likes his new suit. <laughs> 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 Clearly, this is the man who imprisons him. But no matter how hard Daisu tries to press, even resorting to threats at time, the man does not tell him anything. He only advises him to do some homework now that school is over, and then he hangs up. Daisu is enraged as he loses the only trail, and he feels toyed with. He then proceeds to eat an entire live octopus, and I mean just trumps and devours the whole animal, and then he passes out. Daisu wakes up later on in Mido's home. She has read some of the diary that Daisu has written during his time of confinement while he was unconscious, and since it is too late to hide it and that he has no other friends, Daisu confesses to Mido about the situation he is in. The two gradually learn about one another, and Mido decides to help Daisu find the person who imprisons him. There isn't much to go on, however. The only evidence that Daisu has gathered in the 15 years that could point to a faint direction is a piece of plastic wrapping that he's got while eating the dumplings during his time in the little room. The wrapping has the name of a dumpling restaurant printed on it, and the pair go on to try a number of restaurants with the same name to find in the dumpling with the taste of Daisu Remembers. Well, that trail doesn't exactly lead anywhere, another very unexpected incident popped up at Mido's home. Daisu approaches Mido's screen one day when she was chatting with a pal online. While both sides use webcams, the one on the other side are only showing the person's eyes, thus making it impossible to identify him. This appears to be a young man and not showing much emotion, But as soon as he sees Daisu sitting beside Mido, he sends a chilling message, which reads, Hey Daisu, how was your time in prison? And then he locks off. Daisu jumps. The stranger on the internet knows about his imprisonment. And when asked, Mido says he's only an internet pal to chat with and he has no idea why he knows about Daisu's past but Daisu couldn't trust her anymore. In his mind, there's a high chance that he's working with the people he's seeking, so he quickly flips through her cupboard and finds the only piece of tool that can be used as a weapon, a hammer, and then he storms out. After looking for a while, Daisu finally tracks down a suspicious dumpling restaurant. It is located in a really shabby part of town, a hotbed for all kinds of illegal activities. Daisu catches the glimpse of the food packaging held by a delivery man who is walking into a restaurant, and the words on the packaging matches what he saw on the wraps that he found while he was imprisoned. So he was sure this was the place. Daisu makes it past the guard and through a dark and grimy hallway, only to find his worst nightmare on display, a man sits in front of a sea of screens and each one is showing a security camera footage of a small room in which a person appears to be confined in, either depressed or frantic. The man looks at Daisu and proudly tells him that this is his business, that he offers his clients ways to punish people that's worse than killing. Daisu remembers the room like it was yesterday, and with inconsolable rage, he tapes the man to his chair and starts torturing him. I'll spare you the bloody details, and let's just say he used his hammer on him. He wants the name of the person who hired this man to imprison him for 15 years, and while he didn't get it, he got the name of the mastermind's company. Daisu then fights through a group of hooligans to make his way out of the building, but just when he was too blooded and almost fainted, a man shows up and grabs a hold of him and helps him get onto a cab. Again, just before Daisu sets off, the man reveals his face below the brim of his head, calls Daisu's name, and tells him to take care of himself. Daisu seems to constantly nibs onto the carrot that someone dangles in front of him, but he can't quite get to the person. Later on, the man calls him again on his phone and brings him to an old apartment building right across from that of Mido. Daisu rushes to the place and finally stands face to face with the mysterious figure. <laughs> The man introduces himself as Li Wujin, and the henchman standing by him was the mysterious figure greeting Daisu over the webcam earlier. Li Wujin appears to be well-off and middle-aged. As soon as Daisu tries to pounce on him, Li rips his shirt open and reveals a hideous long scar with many stitching marks. He then holds up a remote control device and tells Daisu that he will turn off the pacemaker for his heart if Daisu dares to hurt or torture him, and this way he will never get the answer. Lee then points to the window across the street to Mido's apartment and tells Daisu that he better hurry over since something might be going on on the other side. By the time he rushes over, Daisu finds a group of hooligans he beat down earlier now ganging up on Mido and holding her hostage. He charges in but was quickly outnumbered, and just when the group is ready to dish back the damage that Daisu had dealt to them earlier, Lee makes a phone call and someone brings over a case of cash. The group leaves just like that. Freed from extreme fear and probably filled with gratitude, Mido and Daisu's relationship turns physical. But it is as if the twists and turns were odd enough in the last few moments, things just got downright bizarre at this point. Sleeping gas is pumped into Mido's room, knocking both unconscious as they asleep. At this point, Li Wujin and his henchman walks in with gas masks on, and the pair just stare at Daisu and Mido in their half-naked state. And they just stand there for a few moments. It is a pretty eerie scene for sure, because Li simply stands there without saying anything nor trying to inflict any harm on these two. This raises the question over and over again in the audience's head. Just why does Li Wujin try to toy with Daisu for 15 years and to toy with him some more after releasing him? Just what pleasure and satisfaction does he, a wealthy man with a lot of means, get out of all this? Daisu's seemingly endless journey continues, and towards the end of the movie, he finally finds a hairdresser who knows both him and Lee Woo-jin. As it turns out, she tells him, these two on the opposite end of the fate were once classmates. Or like the Koreans call them, they were once old boys. Daisu is finally heading closer to the bottom of the issues and next week we'll reveal the ending of the movie and it goes without saying that there are going to be some major spoilers ahead so for those of you who haven't watched the movie please do so as quickly as possible because it really is one of the best movies that i've seen and as movie lovers you will absolutely need to witness the ending on your own first Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chen, and I'll talk to you next week.